0: hello and welcome to skin stories heartfelt conversations empowering stories and a touch of laughter brought to you by tbh skincare join us as we explore the highs lows and everything in between with real people who have bravely faced the challenges of diverse skin conditions Hosted by the ever-inspiring Olivia Molly Rogers, this podcast is here to remind you that you are not alone in your skin struggles. At TBH Skincare, we believe that everyone deserves to feel comfortable in their own skin and our podcast is here to guide you on that journey. So, whether you're seeking solace, inspiration, or simply looking to expand your skincare knowledge, Skin Stories is the ultimate destination. Let's deep dive into the world of skin one story at a time. So, some of you may already be aware that Olivia is currently an ambassador for TBH Skincare. I'd actually love to start there a little selfishly um, to chat about how that partnership actually came about um, mm-hmm. before we jump into your own personal skin story.
1: Yeah, well, I was so excited when you guys reached out to my management. I, you know, a lot of brands touch base and it's not always an instant yes. Yeah. Um, but for this, it definitely was because as I told you, when we caught up, we had lunch once we'd sort of had our initial discussions yeah. and I bought TBH products two years ago when you were just a little baby brand, um, because a friend <laughs> recommended it because pe- most people knew that I was struggling with my acne and she was like, you've got to try this brand. So I bought the whole, the whole range back then. And I loved when I received the package, the branding was so fun. And it felt like the first time that I had bought an acne product that wasn't super clinical and boring and, um, I don't know, depressing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I remember this lunch date that we went on and when you told me that you had bought the products I died. But you also um,
1: didn't believe me. I know I
0: didn't believe you. I went and looked <laughs> for I got in the Uber You thought I was just
1: like sucking up to I think.
0: <laughs> I was like no she didn't and then I got in the Uber and I found the order number and I was like yep January 2021 I think it was. Yeah. Like so. So it was almost yeah. a year
1: to the day like. Two years. Uh, yeah two years yeah. to the day. Um, so yeah I tried the product loved it. I still was in a period of like really struggling with my acne. So I was doing too much. Yeah. I think if I had paired it back then and just stuck to that, then I would have been okay. Yeah. But I think, you know, the feeling of like when you're feeling overwhelmed with your skin and, you know, in the job that I'm in, I, I'm i very, um, you know, I've always got to be like at events and photo shoots and, and have my skin on show basically. So I yeah. was panicking and I was trying all these different things So I did too much. I feel like I really overdid it with my skin. So I tried TBH, loved it, but then had two more years of, or almost two years of trying too many other things. Um, But now I've really pulled
0: it back and my skin's loving me for it. So I think it's a very common thing to do is like try and punish your skin into Mm -hmm. healing. It's like I'm just going to throw every single active ingredient that I can at you. And then just like burn. Yeah. And like no nourishment in that at all. Like no actual care for Mm -hmm. the skin because it's like you're just trying to punish it. into. Yeah. It's like listen to me. Yeah. It doesn't work that (laughs) way. Yeah. Um, So tell us a bit more about your background, what your childhood was like, how your high school experience was, um, and sort of what you thought you wanted to be when you grow up. Like a bit more about Olivia, for those who don't know.
1: Okay. Um, I grew up in Adelaide. I was one of three kids initially. um, My parents ended up splitting up and dad remarried and had two more. So now I say there's three OGs and then two additionals. Um, So I've got two brothers and two sisters, which is great big fan, um but yeah I I had a a good childhood like I I think I was very lucky in a lot of ways and I generally enjoyed school um I was a bit of a nerd like I loved studying and doing and doing well like it was like uh, I was one of those annoying type a (laughs) personalities um I really liked getting good marks so I was often just studying till midnight um such a nerd. Mum would actually say to me, she's like, don't go study. Like, come shopping with me. Yes. Like, the opposite of what I think most parents like. She's like, don't be boring. Come on, yes. let's go shopping. I'm like, "Mom, no, i got to study. Um, so, yeah, loved studying, loved reading, loved art, painting. It's very crafty, um, not sporty whatsoever. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, like, not at all. Could not catch a ball to save my life. I tried. Like, I tried probably every sport um, but failed miserably. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think like I was lucky. I had a lot of lovely friends. I did struggle a bit. I think everybody does at like, you know, around 14, year nine, I found really challenging. age. And that's around the time that I first experienced acne. I think from the age of like 13 probably. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that really affected my confidence. And I feel like, you know, at a time where you're struggling with who you are anyway, Mm. it, it was a... Uh, Definitely an extra challenge. Um, So, yeah, I found it hard. I like my little sister is 14 now and we have a lot of good chats about, you know, what she's going through with school and that kind of thing. And I'm like, I just don't think that you could pay me enough money to go back to that age.
0: No, it's so hard. Such a hard age. Yeah.
1: Mm. I had the exact
0: same thing. Yeah. It's just awful. Yeah,
1: really hard. And I think the tricky thing, too, is like so many people say to you that school years are the best years of your life. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. this is as good as it gets because yeah. this sucks.
0: Yeah, 100%. I don't want to feel like
1: this for the rest of my life. And they're telling you that that's the peak. I'm like, well, okay. I think that's why so many teenagers struggle because you're like, yeah. people tell you make the most of it. School's the best. Yeah. And then if you're struggling, you're like, well, okay. What's wrong with me? Yeah. yeah. Totally. Surely, surely it gets better from here. It does. <laughs> it definitely gets better. Um, but yeah, I was generally a pretty, pretty happy kid but pretty insecure and – yeah, I did struggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so what did Olivia want to be when she was that 14-year-old little girl?
1: Oh, I changed my mind so many times. Yeah. Like because I loved art so much, I considered being an artist. Oh. But then people sort of shut that down and told me that, you know, it's all well and good to want to do that, but you'll never make any money. Wow. Uh, so you probably shouldn't. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> as if that's like the most important thing. Um, but then with how much I loved being academic and studying and I yeah. loved science and and I loved subjects where I could you know you could know the answers like I didn't enjoy English and stuff so much because it was yeah. too subjective I liked knowing that I could learn all of this and I could get the answer right yeah, it was like so right or wrong yeah, yeah. biology physics mm. um so I thought I'd do something medical um or you know science-based allied health And yeah, ended up getting into speech pathology, which I felt like was a combination of a lot of the things that I wanted to do. I wanted to help people and I wanted to do something sciencey and I liked psychology. And so it sort of combined a lot of things that I enjoyed.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so are you still practicing speech pathology? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Yeah. So I studied that and I I loved the course. It was really hard and I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well. Um, It was four years. But I did my first year and then I took a year off to model and and do all of those things. And then I went back to speech, finished my degree. And as much as like modelling did become a part of my life, I always saw that as a side thing and speech was going to be my my main career and that's what I was going to do. But then Miss Universe happened and threw a real spanner in the works. So uh, that was in 2017. I didn't think it was going to be a thing. It was just something that I sort of reluctantly agreed to do and thought I'll just see how it goes. Wow. And then yeah, when that happened, um, yeah, my life really changed and I did end up going back to speech for a period. But it was just really hard trying to balance the stuff that I do you know, in the media, social media side of things with a job that is quite rigid and I didn't you know, I would go into the clinic and had my clinic days. It was very set. It was it was driving me insane trying to balance yeah, both so I figure much. yeah speech can I can always go back to speech and I miss it like I absolutely loved it but I think the work that I'm doing now I, I don't think that's forever I, I don't know um, but it's nice to have a, a solid backup anyway
0: yeah amazing yeah so we're here to talk specifically about skin today mm-hmm. and we all know and you've already touched on this that skin is intrinsically linked to our overall well-being our overall feelings of self-worth uh, tell us a little bit about the relationship you have with your skin today and sort of the history behind it.
1: Today, my skin is in a really good spot. My acne, I would say I don't have acne anymore. Yeah, no. I feel like I need a touch wood because <laughs> then I'm going to wake up tomorrow with like that's all this exactly acne.
0: exactly how I feel. It, I had it's a so, last night that oh, it came back.
1: Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Like I think just even that says a lot, that that's how you feel you don't feel quite secure when your skin's good. I feel like the rug's going to be pulled from underneath me totally. because I haven't ever had a really long period of time with clear skin.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I definitely don't take it for granted. Yeah. Like genuinely when I look in the mirror and I like right now I have a pimple sitting on my lip, but it's covered by my lip liner.
0: Yeah, we can't see Go it. Go ahead
1: and zoom in on the video. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just so ironic. I feel like when I'm shooting with you guys, I always get a pimple. Um, <laughs> makes you relatable.
0: It's good. Cool.
1: <laughs> but I yeah I am grateful for my skin um when I look in the mirror and I have one pimple I'm like oh that pimple's annoying but like it's okay because yes. what I'm used to you know mm-hmm. there was a time when I probably had 50 pimples so yeah. I can deal with one I could deal with 10 but compared to yeah how it used to be I do genuinely feel very grateful for where I'm at yeah And I'm also grateful to my skin because I think I put it through so much. Like we were saying at the beginning, like Mm. you sort of punish it. Yeah. I felt like I was punishing my skin for so long, which probably made it worse or definitely made it worse. Mm. And so I'm like, thank you for sticking by me, (laughs) even (laughs) though I put you through so much and hated you for so long. Like I, I hated my skin and I, I, I do think that the, the negative self-talk doesn't help. No. No it doesn't help your skin to heal because in hindsight, I think stress was playing a huge part in my skin and my, and my body. There were so many things off in my body. Um, and, and that was showing through my skin. Yeah. And yeah, I think the way that I was talking to myself, yeah, it wasn't helping, but so my relationship with my skin has been complex over the years. Um, yeah. I think from a, a young age, when I first got acne, I actually got it on my back at first and I didn't know, like I, was feeling really itchy on my back but i because i i wasn't like checking no you weren't looking in my mirror, back in everyday. the mirror like,
0: yeah
1: um which maybe was a blessing because i don't know how how long i'd had it for without actually knowing but i was babysitting my cousins and i um was changing i took off a jumper in front of them and it pulled up my top underneath yeah and my cousin was like, what are all those red spots on your back? And I was like, oh, Kids I don't know. Are
0: so brutally honest. I know.
1: And I, But I genuinely didn't know because I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Like I have been a bit itchy. Maybe it's a rash. And I showed my dad and dad is a GP and he was like, oh, that's acne. And I was like, oh, my God. Because I'd heard about acne and I was like, oh, no. Like w- the way that it was spoken about in anything yes. that I'd learnt about it was very, very negative and something to be embarrassed about. So mm-hmm. I thought – oh well I can no longer wear anything where my back shows and for a long time I did that like I would always Uh wear like a rash top at the beach or by the pool and or just try and make sure I was covering and you know I was at an all-girls school and we'd change for sport in front of each other but I was always very covered I got very good at changing um, in a way that you couldn't see, like contorting so that you couldn't see anything. But I wasn't just self-conscious of my skin, but my body as well. So wow. just this whole, I just felt very uncomfortable in my own skin, which is not a nice feeling.
0: No, horrible. Mm. But I think probably an experience that quite a lot of people oh, can relate 100%. to, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: acne or no acne, I think your teenage years you are really you know your body's changing so much you're getting you it's like you sort of adjust to something and then something else changes
0: yeah
1: um so it's just a constant feeling of being uncomfortable yeah but having acne didn't help and then when it was on my face I think I think my back was something that I could hide a bit more but when it came to my face yeah I was so embarrassed and I remember wearing makeup all the time yes which of course I think made it worse because it would clog my pores mm-hmm. and my sister would say that to me my sister had Perfect skin. It was so annoying, and she'd be like, Ugh, "Olivia, stop wearing so much makeup." And I'm like, oh, "I can't because then you can see it see all." It. And she's like, "You're making it worse." I'm like, "Yeah, but how would you feel?" And like, "You either let it like let it be and try and get it better, mm-hmm. but you've got to sit through the uncomfortable feeling of thinking that everybody's looking at your skin." Yeah. So I felt better if I covered it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a constant battle.
0: It's interesting that process though of covering it up constantly almost reinforces to your own brain that you need to keep Mm -hmm. covering up and keep concealing it and also I feel like it makes you hyper vigilant of always being super aware Mm -hmm. of your skin Um, and I think that actually I've noticed as I've gotten older I've stopped doing that so Mm -hmm. much and it's actually lessened the impact mentally that it has on me because once you stop covering it It sort of like doesn't have the same hold on you that it does if you're like constantly checking to see if you can see something. Oh, I agree with that so much because you fixate on it. And like
1: I would take a concealer with me everywhere I went. So did I. And anytime I went to the bathroom, I'd check. I'm like, oh, have I knocked off any – or like if I'd hug someone and I thought that their face touched mine, I'm like, oh, they've taken off my makeup. Like I would panic and need to go to the bathroom. And I had a boyfriend when I was younger and I don't think he ever saw me without makeup. Yeah wake up before him in the morning put makeup on go to bed with it on yep. like I would go to the gym with it on Same. I just could not be without my security blanket which was a bit of makeup
0: yeah that was me as well I think yeah. I was about 25 when yeah. I left the house without makeup for, like, oh the it's first so sad time. it's isn't crazy it?
1: also because now I'm like you know I'm getting older and I'm starting to get wrinkles and stuff I'm like I'm so annoyed that I at a time when my skin was like at its youngest and freshest, yeah. I was covering it up because I see young skin now, and I'm like, oh, it's beautiful to have that, to have yeah. that again. And pimples, I never look at someone else with pimples and think, oh, no.
0: 100%. But I did just
1: about myself.
0: Everyone's so self-critical.
1: Yeah, our own worst critics, that's for sure.
0: So when you you sort of um, already sort of you already referred to it a little bit, but when you first started experiencing acne, so when your dad was like oh my gosh, that's acne, hmm. did you have misconceptions around it? Like what, what were your initial thoughts and sort of yeah, with hindsight, what do you think about that now? I thought it was my fault.
1: Mm. Um, I thought maybe I was eating the wrong things and that I, you know, there was a lot of talk around it being a dirty
0: thing yes, as well. hygiene related is a big one. And
1: people would say, you know, oh, it's because you don't, um, you know, you don't wash your sheets enough or yeah that sort of thing and and then also eating too much sugar so then i got paranoid and it was it was it's such a fragile age anyway Mm. so to start thinking that you know what i was putting into my body and i know that there is a part of that but it's not it's not the whole hardly yeah especially not at
0: puberty no
1: it was (laughs) yeah it was not that but so then i started getting paranoid about everything i was putting in my body and then Looking at all my friends who didn't have acne and I'm like, why do I have this and they don't? Like, I must be doing something wrong. And then even my sister, like my sister and I are only 15 months apart
0: Mm.
1: and she had this perfect skin. So I'm like, why? Like we have the same genes. Why do I have this and you don't have this? And I must be doing something wrong. And that was such an awful mindset to have because when you're thinking that it's your fault but you don't know what it is, then you're sort of trying to pinpoint all these different things in your life and you can't. You drive yourself crazy and just completely fixate on it um so yeah my biggest misconception was that it was my fault and that it was something like quite dirty and something to be ashamed of
0: hey guys founder Rach here it's time for a quick break in this episode because i want to give a shout out to tbh skincare's incredible mental health partner reach out australia Reach Out Australia have amazing online resources. They cover everything from how to deal with acne or confidence problems through to sexuality and other challenges that young Australians face. So if you're not sure where to turn to, definitely go and check out reachoutaustralia.com. They've got some really amazing online forums there as well, where you can connect with other people who might be going through something similar to you. As part of celebrating the amazing work that Reach Out Australia does, we are going to be donating a dollar from every single order in September on tbhskincare.com to this incredible organisation. Okay, it's time to get back to today's episode. Can you share some of the challenges you faced when it came to actually seeking diagnosis for it and treatment? Mm, so
1: when I was 13, maybe 14, I think it, it was around that time, Mum took me to a doctor and straight away, he just put me on the pill.
0: Wow. Yes. That's the same as everyone.
1: I was so young.
0: I feel like it was really an era of the pill. Yeah. (laughs) For everything. Yeah. Every problem. And then
1: I felt so awkward when I would go and get it because I just, it seemed like I was a very sexually active 13 (laughs) year old and I wasn't. I just had a lot of pimples. Yeah. Uh, But there was no real care around it. He basically said, um, you know, get um, Cetaphil. Yes. that You know, get something without any fragrance yep. and go on the pill. And I went on the pill and I think it cleared it up for a period, mm. but then it still remained. It was still there. Then I tried antibiotics. I tried this other herbal remedy, this awful thing that like it smelled so bad. And I remember once I was taking it on the way to school and I didn't have any water left in my bottle and I swallowed this capsule and it got stuck in my throat and it opened and all of the smelly oh stuff just was, oh, it was revolting. I can still taste it when I think <laughs> about it. And, yeah, so I tried that. That didn't work. Then I tried these really strong, um, you know, topical, well, yeah, just these like ointments. I, don't, I can't remember the brand, but it was something that old celebs were promoting. But it was, it just oh, burnt right. my skin, stained my sheets, stained the towels. Oh, Mom that sounds was,
0: like benzoyl peroxide.
1: Yeah, I think it was... I think there was in, it was in everything. That like I think it was bleaching. in yeah. yeah, and so all it did was burn my skin, made it more inflamed and angry, and yep. also uh, someone told me not to moisturize because then that adds to the oil. Oh so then God. all I was doing was drying it out, and then I just oh, it was so sore. Then your skin
0: overproduces oil to to compensate for yeah. the dryness, so, so actually makes it worse. It just kept making it
1: worse, yeah. Oh. And then it was just a constant cycle, and also. I don't think I ever really committed to one thing for that long because I was feeling so stressed by it. Yeah, that's like desperation. Like, yeah, after, you know, two weeks, oh, this isn't working. I've got to try the next thing. Mm-hmm. So I was switching it up too much and just, yeah, punishing my skin, feeling miserable because then every day I'd wake up with a new pimple and I just hated it. Yeah, I hated like
0: defeated it. by it. Yeah. The number one reason why acne treatments fail is time of use. It's an actual start. So, I mean, but it is. But people it makes sense. Desperate. You're
1: panicking. Yeah. yeah. You're like, give me the next thing. And you're 20%. constantly looking things up. Like I was researching things and I'd read like Dolly magazine and say, yeah. I'm trying one thing and then I see these fake results usually of mm-hmm. what someone else was using. So I was like, well, I've got to try that.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot more education around mm. these days. Um, like I don't think people are just taking the pill so lightly yeah. anymore. I think they're considering how harsh the ingredients are that they're using like i'm glad to see mm. that that's changed a bit but yeah i think very much like i've lived the exact same thing going on the pill being put through all of these different treatments and they it's pretty intense yeah as, well like, and then I, I did
1: racutane as well so oh wow i tried all those things and then at 15 i did racutane a course of that that's young mm but the dermatologist said to me, you know, you shouldn't experience acne again after this. But I did. It worked. It was awful. I I was a rower at school, and um, I, and I said I wasn't sporty. Yeah, I, was I couldn't catch say. a I couldn't catch a ball. But then when I did <laughs> rowing, I was like, oh, I can actually do this. This yeah, is great. But so I was putting my body through a lot with exercise and yeah. the muscle cramps that I experienced because of. The treatment um, was pretty awful. The dryness was unbelievable. Yeah.
0: Well, it takes away all your like sebum production, mm. which is even in like your joints. Yeah. So your joints become stiff. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was not a comfortable experience, but it worked. And I was so excited when my skin Aww. was clear. I think it lasted maybe a year okay, and then came, came back. back with a vengeance. I ended up trying a whole bunch of different things again. And then when I was 22, I went back on Raccutane. Um, so two courses of Rackutane and that wow. second one, you know, this different dermatologist, he said to me, oh, well, you know, because you were 15, you were still going through hormonal changes. But now doing it at 22, you won't get it back. But I did.
0: <laughs> I'm just oh like, oh, she's really been Yeah, real ringer. it's
1: been a real journey. Um, so after going on that again at 22 and I, I, it was a different course. It was a lower dose over a longer, longer. period of time. Mm-hmm. I ended up then, you know, it came back. To be fair, I think a lot of a lot of that during that period was stress. Like I had an eating disorder at the time, yeah, and I didn't start the recovery from my, from my eating disorder until like twenty five. Wow. So after Ractane, I think you know the stress that my body was under, yeah, really didn't help for a long period, and I was still so uncomfortable in my body. So there's a lot from that that I did. I, I think, played a part. It's all um, connected. Yeah. But I, yeah, I just was so frustrated and I felt so, I think, embarrassed. And um, I did, I just still felt like it was my fault because I'm like, why wow. are these doctors saying that these things are going to work and then they just don't work? Like, there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was hard. It was hard.
0: That's terrible. So how did you cope then, I guess, with the feelings of like the societal pressures as well, because you were going through modeling as well mm. during this time. So what was that like? Like how did you cope dealing with acne and then being in an environment where you had lots of eyeballs on you or you were sort of trying to live up to a certain image?
1: Yeah, not very well. I think that's <laughs> why my eating disorder lasted so many years because that felt like the thing that I could sort of control because I couldn't control my skin. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't control how people perceived me and what they would say about it. Makeup artists on shoots would always comment on my skin. Wow. Yeah. And I know they weren't meaning to be mean, um, but the unsolicited advice was unreal. And people tell you, you know, I'll try this random remedy and that thinking that I haven't tried everything
0: under the sun. Yeah. And that would really frustrate me. And you're bare faced. Yeah. Like you're naked. That, like, that would be very exposing as someone who's self-conscious of this. I was so
1: self-conscious, but mm. I loved when I would have a full glam shoot. Yeah. If I rocked up to a shoot and they said, oh, we're doing a really like paired back look today, yeah. minimal makeup. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I, yeah. I, you know, always my brief, if I got to control makeup, it would be full coverage. Yep. Yeah. I don't want to see a single mark on my skin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really struggled when it would be minimal makeup, raw photos,
0: mm.
1: even knowing if that they were going to maybe edit something out. I still, I just was so self-conscious and you could see it in the photos, I think. It's how you feel. Yeah. And it projects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you could definitely see that I was uncomfortable through a lot of that. So it was very ironic. I was doing something where you're really putting yourself out there and people assume that you're so confident, but I was... At my most insecure at that point.
0: So from about the age of 25, you mentioned um, you started seeking recovery for the eating disorder. Do you think that's when you sort of started making positive changes to try and take control of the mindset you had?
1: I had been struggling with my eating disorder for many years, as I mentioned, and I had wanted to get better, but it's really difficult. Mm. But I think there was one thing that really sort of kick-started my want to get better to a point where I was like, I really need to do this. And I was working with kids and um, with my speech pathology work and I was seeing this gorgeous young girl and she put me on such a pedestal and Uh. her mum would always say to me how she looked up to me and she was like, oh, I want to be like Olivia when I grow up. And it was so nice, but I felt like such a phony so yes. I was like, well, she doesn't know what I'm doing behind the scenes and mm-hmm. that I'm not very well. Like I have this eating disorder and I would hate for this young girl to grow up and be doing what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. No. So I thought I need to get better so that I can feel okay with that, with that being a compliment that a young girl would like to be like me. Yeah. I'm like only if I can actually get better, um, and it just so happened that it lined up with when I got asked to do Miss Universe. It was around the same time that I really started, um, I guess, recovering or trying to recover. I did it very much on my own, which I regret. Like, I really think it would have helped if I'd had a lot more support. Mm. But I sort of set myself goals um, for recovery. When I yeah, decided that I would do Miss Universe, I also decided that I would speak openly about my eating disorder because then I thought if I put it out there, yes, everyone's going to know and then people will pick up on behaviors. So I sort of, which in a way like that, maybe that sounds bad. It was like I was letting people sort of watch and make sure that I wasn't doing it.
0: But it's accountability. Yeah. It's like letting other people make sure you're accountable.
1: Because it, again, yeah, I think when it comes to an eating disorder, you know, you're in your head so much the entire time so you can't just leave it up to yourself and I think that was sort of my way of seeking support I suppose was telling other people making sure that they knew and then yeah holding myself accountable because I thought well if I tell them they're going to be watching out for it and it was kind of pressure but a positive pressure to to get better yeah yeah and I think the thing that helped and it helped with my skin too because I still struggled with my skin then but Po- more positive self-talk. I stopped being so mean to myself in mm. in all different ways. So, you know, when it came to my body, I had to start speaking to myself in a more positive way. And then I would do that with my skin as well. And yeah, I think it has a bit of a flow-on effect
0: and it helps for sure. 100%. Isn't it so funny that with that little girl, like you would never want her hearing the messages that you gave yourself. Mm-hmm you definitely have that change of perspective where you go, I should not have been that mean to myself.
1: 100%. And also having a little sister, I think that helped me so much too because, yeah, I would think about the way that I would talk to myself and I would try and stop myself in those moments and be like, you would never speak to Harriet like this. So why are you saying this to yourself?
0: 100%.
1: And if I knew that my sister was talking to herself like that, I would be – mortified yeah and so sad so yeah I really sort of had to try and step out of myself Mm. if that makes sense um and and think about it a different way
0: you've got to go and have a conversation with yourself yeah why like what am I gaining out of doing this and also like you're the one living inside your head every day why make it like a not nice place to be exactly and you can't hate yourself into changing
1: no like I tried that with my eating disorder I tried it with my skin It doesn't work. Mm. It just makes everything worse. So it is crazy, the power of positive self-talk.
0: Yeah. What's one of the most surprising or unexpected aspects of living with acne and how did it change your perspective on skincare and beauty in general? Hmm. That's a good question.
1: For me, one of the most surprising aspects was how much of an expert everybody else thinks they are. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> the unsolicited advice as I mentioned before when I was having my makeup done and things like I would get unsolicited advice on what I should be doing with my skin but it was also strangers on the street wow and then people online um more mm, recently in more hard. recent years being on social media anytime I posted anything where you could see a glimpse of my acne every Tom, Dick and Harry would tell me oh you've got to try this you've got to try this you've got to try this mm. And that, to me, was so surprising because I'm like, I just don't think that I would ever give someone advice on a medical condition.
0: It is a medical condition, yeah. yeah.
1: Without being qualified, for one, mm. and also if they're not asking. Yeah. Like if people will say to me and people ask me all the time, what do you use for your skin or how did you get your skin better? And, and then I will uh, uh, then I will answer. Mm. I also think it's different when I've been through it, I'm sharing, you know, TBH products because people come to my page looking for that sort of thing. Yeah. But when people – when I'm just putting up a photo of my skin and I'm not saying, can you please give me recommendations, but they flood my inbox, I'm like, it baffles me. It still baffles me. (laughs) And um, if I tried everything that they were suggesting – I, I probably wouldn't be here. I think I would have died. <laughs> like there was some <laughs> there was some really rogue recommendations.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, I think that's been the most surprising thing.
0: Wow. Mm. Just everyone having an opinion as yeah. well. That's a lot to take on board, especially when yeah. you talk about the feeling like you're doing something wrong and it must be something you're doing. Then you've yeah. got people adding on to that layer of like, have you tried this? Have you tried mm-hmm. this? It's like so stressful. Even
1: the other day I posted something about my skin journey and how far it's come and, and I wasn't posting I was posting like a throwback of what my skin used to look like. Yeah. And I had this guy who's a doctor. He's like, Hun, have you tried Iracutane, Oh. No. Vitamin A. I've never heard of it. And I was it, like, doll. sweetie, yes. I've tried it twice. And also, these are old photos. Like, are you not reading? Like, please read. <laughs> please oh take it all in. God.
0: Sorry, why am I not surprised? Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Does my head in? So you talked about positive self-talk really helping you. Mm -hmm. Is there any other self-care practice or things that you do that you find really have an impact on your sort of mental state and how you're able to deal with things like breakouts or, you know, your body image?
1: I think having a holistic, you know, overall approach to self-care really helps not fixating on one part. Yes. So for me, you know, a big part of my recovery and my journey with my body and my skin has been learning to take care of myself and not punish myself. So instead of exercising to burn off calories or to lose weight, I exercise because it makes me feel good mentally. Yeah. And, you know, I set myself goals that are challenges that, you know, I want to run a half marathon Mm. rather than I want to fit into these genes. Yes. You know, changing your goals so that they're not toxic and they Mm. are actually beneficial and you can accomplish them and you don't make yourself... Feel bad in the process, yeah. Um. So there's that, and there's also listening to my body. So not forcing myself to exercise every day. You know, yeah. I think resting is just as important as exercising. Um, eating nourishing foods. Another a big thing for me has been not viewing foods as bad and good. Mm. Um. You know, food food is fuel, and I eat intuitively. I eat what I feel like eating. I don't restrict myself of anything yeah. because. I don't want to fall back into old habits. Um, And yeah, I think that sort of just applies to everything that I do. I just try and find a real balance in life and Mm. um, try not to be hard on myself. It's really just sort of giving yourself a bit of grace and being kind to yourself and your body and your skin and taking care of myself and taking care of my skin rather than punishing it has yeah has really really helped me
0: yeah it's a total reframe of like I'm not trying to fix all these things about Mm -hmm. me. they don't need fixing yeah I just want to be like happy and comfortable yeah that's the goal yeah the goal is to feel good
1: yeah 100% and taking the focus off and you know it's it's hard in the world that I work in and the world that we live in to not focus on how you look like Mm. what I do is very appearance focused a lot of the time so it can be hard but I have to shift it away from that because otherwise you just get too obsessed so yeah I really try to focus on how I'm feeling rather than how I'm looking
0: yeah I love it what is your advice to people on how they can potentially take small steps to feel more comfortable in their skin I think a big one is to follow the right people on social media
1: yeah. um, and really be conscious of how you're feeling when you're on socials. Mm-hmm. So if there are particular people or particular images that trigger you and make you feel uncomfortable when you're looking at your phone, mute them or unfollow them, mm. like notice it yes. because I don't think you always notice because you're scrolling so quickly. You might not know what it is exactly that makes you feel icky mm. and then you get off your phone and you're feeling a bit funny. But so try and be more present when you're doing it so that you can notice that and and change it. So I think it's like any environment that you're in, you, you know, at home, you make your room a safe, comfortable space. Like you should be doing that on social media as well. Yeah. And my advice is not to get off social media because I just think that's impossible in this day and age. Mm. It's to make it like a safe place to be. So yeah. follow more positive, skin positive accounts and body positive accounts and things that make you feel good because that's going to stop the comparison because comparison is just the worst thing and it's almost impossible to to avoid with social media but if you can try your best to curate your feed in a way that makes you feel better about yourself then that definitely helps yeah um you know I follow a lot of positive accounts acne positive accounts I think they're amazing even now that my skin's better I still find them so helpful yes um you know pages with positive quotes and and then just like nice content like beautiful interiors and travel pages and that sort of thing rather than just like I don't know unattainable edited beautiful people that don't make you feel good
0: it's actually a very good point because I think I've noticed myself on social media like get off my phone and then be cranky like Mm. out of nowhere and I'm like why am I bothered by something all of it yeah all of a sudden and then you're like oh no I probably need to like just cleanse my feet a bit yes cleanse the feet yes (laughs) If you could go back to your 16 year old or let's say your 14 year old self when she was there having a bit of an identity crisis, starting to suffer with acne for the first time, what is like the one piece of advice you'd give her? What's the one thing you would say to her?
1: I'd give her a big hug. (laughs) Um, Oh, it's going to make me teary. I
0: think because I'm going to (laughs) cry. I think now because like my my sister, I'm going to have a sip of this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my little sister being that age and, like, Mm. seeing how um, fragile she is, it does. It makes me think about me at that age. And I was so mean to myself. And if I heard Harriet speaking to herself that way, it would upset me so much. Yeah. This is why I'm crying. It upsets me even just thinking about it. So, yeah, I think I would just be really, really nice to her Mm. and say, you know, everything's going to be okay. And having acne is not the end of the world. Um. And yeah, my advice would be not to cover it up and not to be ashamed and not Mm. to think it's my fault. I think maybe my journey with acne would have been very different if I had approached it that way.
0: Yeah. But you
1: know, I wasn't to know. You do your best with with what you've got at the time.
0: And she's lucky to have you now to give her that advice you probably wish you gave your own. I kind of feel like
1: I get like a rerun by like (laughs) being there for my sister in a way.
0: That's so (laughs) nice. Whether she likes
1: it or not. Yeah. But yeah, I would definitely, I think like, oh, just all girls at that age could do with a, a lot of big hugs and a bit of compassion.
0: A hundred percent. I could not agree more. What do you think the best compliment you've ever received is? Oh, this is hard. You know, I read the questions
1: when you sent them through and I said to myself, I'll just see what comes out in the moment because yeah. it's a hard one. It definitely would be nothing to do with how I
0: look. 100%, yeah.
1: In saying that, anytime someone compliments my skin now, I'm like, thank you, tell me again. Yes. <laughs> because I went so long without anyone ever telling me my skin looked good. Yeah. So when they say it, I'm like, you don't know how much that means to me because my skin was so yeah nasty for a while there. It's always the things that mean the most to me are about my personality and, yeah, you know, or if someone says to me, someone said recently that they – that I was really warm and I felt like a friend even though we'd just met. Oh. And I, like, I love that. That's yeah. so nice. And that means so much more to me. I think it's all, like, people think. I think also people think that when you're getting compliments all the time, which is sort of the nature of what I do. I also 100%. get a lot of negative comments. Yeah. But, like, I do, like, people often compliment what I'm wearing or my yeah. hair or my makeup or whatever. Um, it doesn't mean that much. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that much from a stranger.
0: I was about to say, it also depends who it's coming from.
1: Yeah. If it's coming from, you know, someone in my family, if someone in my family compliments my personality, that means more to me than, than anything else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, that's such a good answer. Um, final question mm-hmm. of the interview is a bit left of field. And we're asking everyone today. Um, if we finish this interview, you step outside, you find a lottery ticket that ends up winning you $10 million. What would you do with it? <laughs> um,
1: this one's hard. I, there's so many things I would want to do. I think, first of all, I would love to make everyone in my family financially secure yeah. So, you know, whether that for them that might be paying off a car or it might be paying off their house or I would love to do that for everyone. Yeah. Um, and for myself.
0: <laughs> Obviously. I'd
1: love to buy, you know, like a holiday house. That would be very nice. Not sure where, but somewhere great. Uh, and then donate a bit to all the charities that I like working with and that mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the leftovers. We buy any young person who's experiencing acne, tbh products <laughs> yes.
0: free tbh for free all tbh years. yes <laughs> so no mice. one has
1: to experience those awful teenage years with acne
0: and you, your full-time job can just become hugging
1: you get tbh you get tbh yeah that, well, that sounds a little bit creepy yeah. but <laughs>
0: <It> <laughs> you can have a hug if you like <laughs> i love it Well. <laughs> That concludes our interview today. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. You shared so many wonderful things with us, and I'm sure the listeners will find this hugely helpful.
1: Oh, I hope so. Always nice to chat to you, whether (laughs) there's a mic or not. Yes.
0: (laughs) Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. I can't stay motivated. My parents expect too much from me. I'm really worried about money. What are the signs of depression? I'm worried I'm going to fail my exams. Am I in a toxic friendship? I can't handle any more school pressure. I need to move out, but I can't afford to. I'm worried about my friend. How do I know if I'm having a panic attack? I don't know who to talk to. When life doesn't go as planned, search Reach Out. A safe online place to chat anonymously, get support, and feel better.